tongues of fire and glorious eyes we pledged our mission be welcome everyone this is the nerds rpg variety cast i'm your host jason i don't think this works for your november contest and i don't know about translating it into an actual product but a couple campaigns ago a large part of it was inspired by the towns van zant song uh silver ships of andalar at least the very beginning of the campaign was um and that's probably not an original song of his but it's a beautiful song and it rules so if you've never checked that out Towns Van Zandt is amazing, man. Uh, and that song is just really, really cool. Anyway, dude, peace out. That was Joe Richter of the Hindsightless and Wheel or, Wheel or Woe podcast. Thank you for that, Joe. You're right. That doesn't count as an entry. But it's an awesome song. I do appreciate the call-in. And I do plan on doing a song to RPG contest at some point it's not going to be december i don't know maybe february how about everybody call in and tell me what month would be appropriate for a song contest but that said because you already called in with one i'll hold this and this will be my first entry in my song contest so i got you covered buddy so with that said on to the contest entries so I've already played John Allen Large's entry for the novel It, but I am going to include it again here. One thing I feel a little bad about with the October contest was you have to go to two different episodes to hear all the entries. And I kind of wanted to consolidate them so somebody could go to one, in, one episode to hear all the entries. Like Spike Pit, I'm worried about my back catalog. I'll just leave that there. Anyway, so... I've, I'm replaying John's entry for the novel It here so somebody can listen to this episode and listen to all the contrast entries. We are very lucky. John has given us a second entry, and it's a poem, and he does a reading for us. He reads the poem for us. So all listeners of this episode, you're in for a special treat. So look out for that. And, of course, all the other entries are wonderful, too. I will comment here and there throughout the entries. Um, but without further ado, let's listen to our contest entries. Hey, Jason, it's John here again from the Red Dice Diaries. I've just been listening to the end of the episode where you're putting out your idea for uh, another competition, an RPG based on a book. So I would like to put forward Stephen King's It as my suggestion. And the reason for that is obviously I'm a big fan of the horror genre, but I think that sort of uh, that film taps into that whole sort of kids on bikes sort of uh, nostalgia fest that's going on at the moment. But it also has a strong horror element where the children can perceive this enemy that's corrupting their town from within, yet the adults who are sort of mired in their everyday life and the sort of tedious drudgery of the everyday world are entirely oblivious to it. Now, of course, we know from the book and the later TV and film adaptions that the creature 
it, the titular it, manifests sort of at least partly as this horrible figure, Pennywise the Clown, preying on childhood fears, presenting something which is supposed to be amusing and twisting it and turning it into something horrifying to feed on the fear that's caused. But obviously it can assume numerous different shapes. There's plenty of variety in terms of an antagonist. And also I think it'd be quite cool to play the game in two parts. One where you're playing the children when they first encounter the creature and another when they're adults, but they can still sort of remember what happened and they're coming back to try and deal with this creature and free their home. So that's my suggestion. Stephen King's it. Take care. Hey, Jason, this is Rudy from RPG Retrofit. Uh, This is going to be my contest entry. Uh, The book that I'm going to pick is The Outsider by Stephen King. It's the second to most recent book, I think. Um, And I don't want to spoil it because it's a book that can totally be spoiled. But I think it would make a great, uh, like, and this isn't a spoiler to use this system, but something like a Cthulhu uh, gumshoe one-to-one system game. And that's that's the style of game where there's one GM and one player. And let's just say, I, I, you don't look it up. Don't look up the book unless you're going to read it. But it's it's really good. But it it would make it makes sense that it would be for one player and one GM, you know. Uh, so that's my entry, The Outsider, Stephen King. All right, see you later. So the first two entries were John Allen Large of the Red Dice Diaries podcast and Rudy, the RPG Retrofit podcast. They both picked Stephen King books. I've read it. Stephen King was near the top of his game when he wrote it. You can say a lot of things about Stephen King, but when he was on it, he was on it. The descriptions and when he talks about the character's fears and whatnot, it just really worked for me. It, I'll tell you, I, that, that's definitely one of his better books. The ending, not so much, but especially the earlier chapters when he's describing the kids is one, and the adults is a remembering back their fears. It's wonderful. Rudy, I haven't read that book. I will check it out. Like I say, Stephen King to me is kind of hot and cold. I either really like him or I don't like it. But I'll, I'll check it out on your recommendation, definitely. So the next two calls, the first or the next two entries, callers, I should say, are Colin Green, the Spike Pit RPG podcast, and Edwin, who I don't believe has a podcast but has called into my show before. And I very much appreciate Edwin's call. And I hope he does call again. Um, as far as Colin's call, he posted on the forum, on the Audio Dungeon Discord asking me what I thought he would pick. And I think my third guess was his entry. So that's what he's talking about, the beginning of his entry. And then I'll have a comment about Edwin's entries at the end. So congratulations, Jason. You guessed my entry. Yes, indeed. Oliver Twist by Charles Dickens. Oh, I love that book. I've loved that book for as long as I can remember. I think Dickens paints such a great picture with his words. I love the words he uses. I love the names. And the idea of uh, a bunch of street urchins and ne'er-do-wells set in Dickensian London, what is there not to like? There's so much in Dickens in the way of characters. I can't believe you would ever be struggling for NPCs. Uh, 
yeah, that's that's what I want, and and chuck a little bit of weird magic in them. The box I wanted to suggest might be good for Robert Heinlein's juvenile series. So things like Red Planet, Space Family Stone, uh, Trade uh, Between Planets, stuff like that. Uh, when I was young, they introduced me to science fiction, uh, and I uh, have great affection for them because of that. Uh, another series would be Paul Anderson's Technic History, um, featuring Nicholas Van Ryn, Van Ryn, who is a trader uh, to the stars as a merchant. Um, not sure how one would do it. Traveller catch the 1950s science fiction vibe? Um, I don't know. I've never played. Um, I recently bought uh, Worlds United by John Sneed, which is a supplement for the Mithras system. Um, it's a setting set in 1959 uh, um, when um, Mars evaded in 1897, War of the Worlds, and 1938, Orson Welles. And because of that, Earth's technology for colonizing the other planets. I've not yet looked at it in detail, so that possibility. Hello, Jason, it's Edwin here. Thank you for your response to my call in and for the welcome that you gave me to the cast. Uh, I'm going to submit another entry for the November competition. I know it won't count as another entry, but I want to mention it. Um, it's a comic strip called The Trigen Empire. Your UK and European listeners may be familiar with it. Um, it ran in the 60s and 70s, in the UK in a magazine called Look and Learn. Um, it's science fiction, but with Greek Empire, Roman Empire overturns, uh, illustrated by Don Lawrence, who may be familiar from the Osprey illustrations, and it's great stuff. Excellent for an RPG, I'm sure. Again, I want to really thank Edwin for calling in. It's not always easy to call into these podcasts, and I really appreciate it. So, kind of work in reverse a little bit. The Trigen Empire looks like it was written by Mike Butterworth and drawn by Don Lawrence. I'm not familiar with it. It looks really neat from, you know, just pulled up on the internet. So, I will have to look into that. Sounds like a very interesting setting, and definitely you can make that into RPG without a doubt. As far as your other comments, Robert Heinlein's Juvenile Series, yes. Heinlein goes in and out of favor because of his beliefs sometimes, and but I enjoy Heinlein. I think he's a great author, you know, and, um, yeah. In fact, Starship Troopers, I believe, is considered one of the juvenile books. Paul Anderson, I've read some Paul Anderson, not as much as I need to, to be honest, but also a great author. So those are all wonderful picks. As far as retro, the 1950s space vibe, there are games out there that do that, and I meant to research them, and I didn't. I apologize. But maybe some of the other callers, or some of the other listeners, I'm sorry, can call in and recommend an RPG system to run a retro 
space game with like a 1950s space vibe, like that Flash Gordon or, you know, Buck Rogers. And I know both Flash Gordon and Buck Rogers go back to like the 40s, 30s and 40s, but maybe give us that retro vibe. I'd really like to hear what people recommend to run that with for Edwin. So on to the next caller. Hi, Jason. Pete Jones here. The novel I would like to turn into a game would be The Carpet People by Terry Pratchett. It was the first book I ever read, and it was also Terry Pratchett's first ever book. I was seven years old when I first read it. It's a story of uh, miniature people that live in a carpet, and it was such a clever book when for seven-year-olds to be reading. Uh, the trees were all forests of hares. There was a, a catastrophe called the fray, which is never explained, but it's assumed by the reader to be a vacuum cleaner. Uh, wood, for the little people, is uh, gotten by discarded matchsticks. And the only piece of metal available is a penny, which is chipped away. So it's a bit of a lilyput type adventure, but I've only just reread it after sort of 40 odd years. And what a cracking book that is. Hey Jason, Spencer here of Keep Off The Borderlands. Wouldn't feel the same unless I'd known my podcast at the beginning of my message. Um, I've been racking my brains about this one um, and I'm wondering if it's possible to submit a comic as inspiration for a game. Um, specifically, a series in 2000 AD, an anthology uh, written by Alan Moore called Tharg's Future Shocks, very much like um, sort of Twilight Zone, Outer Limits, um, but very dark humour. All the stories had kind of a sting in the tail. And um, yeah, running like an anthology game using that kind of uh, sort of twisted sci fi um, motif. That's my idea. Hi Jason, Michael from the Lizardman Diaries here. Just an entry into your book to an RPG competition. My recommendation would be Born by Jeff Vandermeer. Um, he also wrote the Southern Reach trilogy, which got made into the Annihilation movie recently. Anyway, in Born, um, it's a post-apocalyptic setting where the characters and the survivors of the apocalypse wander around a sort of destroyed cityscape, finding these biotechnology treasures that are sort of scattered throughout the, the ruins. Um, the apocalypse itself came from a uh, experiment which went wrong, which led to a giant flying Godzilla-sized bear uh, threatening and menacing mankind. So that's always hovering um, somewhere in the atmosphere, sort of threatening the, the characters. So I think wandering around a ruined uh, city looking for biological treasures with a giant bear menacing you would be very fun. Those last three entries were Pete Jones, a Dragons Are Real podcast, Spencer, a free throw from Keep Off the Borderlands podcast, and Michael, a Lizardman Diary blogspot.com. And Michael, if you weren't aware, is also the author of the new Space Dogs Player's Handbook that, that I reviewed and also Froth reviewed on the Thought Eater podcast on this recent Wednesday hump of Blogspotorama, whatever he calls Wednesday show. It's, he talks about it at the beginning of that show. Terry Pratchett is a well-known author, Pete. That sounds like a great book. I actually haven't read it, um, but I know Terry Pratchett's well-loved. 
Among the Anchorites, and I'm sure it's a great book, so I'll have to look into that. It's a wonderful premise, and, and yeah, the whole shrunken person premise is, is definitely a, a good one to play in an RPG. Spencer, yeah, those are great. I would like to say one thing, reference the Future Shock uh, series. Alan Moore is definitely maybe the most famous author of Future Shock, and, and they've collected Alan Moore's into a, a single collection of all his Future Shocks. But Tharg's Future Shocks was actually started, it looks like, by Steve Moore in episode, or I'm sorry, in issue 25 of 2000 AD. And there have been a number of other authors, such as Grant Morrison, Alan Davis, and Pete Milligan. So I, I'm not taking anything away from Alan Moore. And like I say, they have collected his all in one book. They've started doing a collection of all all the other authors as well. So you're going to be able to get more than just Alan Moore's Future Shocks. But I, I just want to make sure people knew that Tharg's Future Shocks wasn't just an Alan Moore joint. But it was a, you know, an effort that was actually started by somebody else. I'm not trying to pick on Alan Moore. He gets a lot of publicity and maybe overshadows other people at certain times. So I, I didn't want that to happen to the other authors of Future Shock because it's definitely worth checking out. It's kind of like the the Black Mirror of 2000 AD, right? So and and, and also it would make a wonderful setting for a RPG. So I just wanted to put that out there. And as far as Michael's entry, I've read the Southern Reach trilogy, seen the movie. Um, the Southern Reach trilogy grabbed me initially, and then it kind of lost me there at the end. Not not the fact it was ambiguous, but just, I don't know, it, he, he kind of lost me. But I'm very interested in the book you read, I mean, or the book you recommended. I mean, once you said giant Godzilla-sized flying bear, you had me, right? But it sounds very interesting, very weird. So I'll definitely read that book. Uh, Free Thrall, on his podcast of Keep Off the Borderlands, talks quite a bit about the Southern Reach trilogy and even talks about maybe adapting it to an RPG, at least a setting. And I've called into him about it before. So I'm sure he'll be interested. And I'd be interested to hear if he's read that book and his comments on it. Hint, hint. My original entry for your contest was going to be the Dark Tower series because they're amazing books and would fit perfectly as an RPG, but somebody is already doing that, which I am super stoked about. So, you know, I'll be thinking that with all the talk of fighting fantasy, you know, over there on the Purple Worm I've been listening to lately, I was thinking about a solo adventure based around the graphic novel The Crow. So, you know, a little choose your own adventure, a little RPG, a little dice rolling in there. Uh, you have to figure out who killed you, who ordered the hit, you know, what they were after. And you got to get revenge. And I think that would be super fun. A little, you know, just a little solo thing because you can't have a party of the crows running around. <laughs> oh, or maybe you could and you could call it murder. Anyway, that's mine. The crow RPG solo play. Peace out. That was Joe. We, of course, heard from earlier in the podcast as well, but this was his entry, his real entry. And, hey, great picks. You know, the Dark Tower, of course, is a super detailed world and, you know, would make a great RPG. And the Crow and doing a solo game. And, of course, you could do what Rudy talked about earlier in the episode, do a system where you have one GM, one player. 
So you could do that one-on-one game with a crow as well as a solo play out of a book, right? So either way would work great. And that touches on a chord that I've been wanting to talk about for a little while. But I'm going to put a pin in that and talk about next episode because we still have more entries. Hey, Jason. Evil Jeff. All right. So after your prodding on Discord, I decided to jump in here. Uh, let's take a series of novels. The novels of Tiger and Dell. The books are Sword Dancer, Sword Sworn, Sword Breaker. Basically, it is swords and sorcery. Uh, our good friend Ray Otis can also attest to this as well. Uh, it would be a very interesting environment to create scenarios. Uh, very swords and sorcery, low magic to a degree. You got great warriors, but some of them are even better that they can draw power through their sword skills, either through a sword dance or through sword singing, different styles, a southern and a northern style. And it lends itself very well to that whole swords and sorcery. You know, uh, you might be able to adapt Barbarians of Lemuria to it a little bit. Um, There is sorcery in it. There are some sorcerers out there. So you get that element, but that is, otherwise it's, it's, uh, it's not low magic per se, but there is a definite cost to doing magic in that land. Uh, I think it's a really good set. Um, somebody would really need to read the books to appreciate it. Uh, for more info on it, I defer to Ray Otis if he decides to do a review of the first book that he was sent. And now I've got something else to add. Minion Delta overheard me in this and immediately proposed Artemis Fowl, a set of early teen books, I guess. Uh, Artemis Fowl is a extremely bright, uh, I don't know, how old was he? 11, 12, 13, somewhere in there. A master criminal by that point. And the world that he lives in is a modern world, but yet things like fairies and elves and gnomes and dwarves and everything still exist. In fact, the Fae exist in a much higher technological environment than what we as humans do, or the mud people. Uh, That could also make a very interesting, maybe simple scenario for that. So that's me and Delta's entry. Obviously, the arm twisting was well worth it. That was Evil Jeff and the Minions Amusing Podcast with his entry and with Minion Delta's entry. Two wonderful entries to our contest, and I hope Ray Otis takes you up on that and does a review of that book. I'd love to hear it. All right, Jason, it's Arlen Walker sneaking in right at the end to talk about some books, some literary ideas for RPG sessions, and I have a couple of them. So the first one I mentioned when I was talking about the Predator for my movie suggestion, I mentioned Beowulf. And I think there's there's something really cool. There's something it would be really neat to have a way to do something like the first chunk of Beowulf. Um, particularly with the idea that Beowulf takes off his armor and he gets rid of his weapons to fight Grendel. He goes into the fight naked and wrestles him. And 
that logic, of course, is totally contrary to most RPGs. But I think there could be something really interesting, something um, a really neat way, a really neat way to create a very memorable session if you could figure out a way to incentivize that sort of thing, right? Basically, if there was an easy way to say, like, beforehand, your weapons won't work on the monster, you're going to have to fight them. Or better yet, if you create some mechanical way to suggest that as the character is getting rid of their weapons and their armor, they're actually gaining more relevant bonuses for the fight with Grendel or with the, the Grendel equivalent, that that would be... Um, that's an idea for a session, I think, that would be really fun, that would be really cool. It'd be really neat to do something like that with the the Beowulf and Grendel fight from Beowulf. But I have more ideas. So, next idea, Christopher Logue's War Music. Now, if you haven't read it, Christopher Logue's War Music is fascinating. It's super, super cool, totally worth reading. Um, it is a translation of the Iliad that is not um, period accurate. It's this delightfully kind of postmodern version of the Iliad. And so there's there's lines like the glittering of the spear points and the womp, womp, womping of the helicopters. And there's this sense that it's, you know, it, it's got these kind of Homeric um, similes that are related to things that Homer wouldn't have known about, but that we know about and that we have some sense of kind of why those things matter. And there's this kind of great sense of the, the kind of um, the ultimate universality of war and the Iliad and this idea that, that the story remains the same, that the story remains the same, whether or not you have assault rifles and helicopters, or if you have bronze spear tips and, and bronze helmets, or if you have, you know, knights in shining armor, or if you have kind of whatever type of story, right? That this idea of the universality of war. Um, anyway, and in a traditional game, I don't know how you would do that, but I think using Hero Quest, because in Hero Quest, the numerical values are what control how effective something is. You could do something really interesting with um, a whole bunch of basically different types of battle tags, essentially tags, you know, the, the names of the abilities could all be things like the womp womp womping of the helicopters. And if that's at rank 17, that's only one better than the glittering spear points at rank 16. And so you could, rather than just playing through the plot of the Iliad, which would be plenty fun to do as well, you wouldn't just be playing the plot, you would be playing through this whole kind of particular thematic mode, this kind of ethos of a sort of postmodern universalist Iliad. Um, anyway, I think that would be really cool, and uh, that kind of ties in with a recommendation for Christopher Lowe's War Music because it's great. It's it's a great book. Um, super, super fun to read. Um, and then I had one more, another 
uh, kind of strange book, and that is The Sound of His Horn by Sarban. And um, I won't spoil exactly what's going on with The Sound of His Horn because you ought to read it. Um, if you have an e-reader, I think digital copies are pretty cheap. Physical copies may be more expensive. Um, but The Sound of His Horn um, is a story that kind of tonally and thematically is about being hunted and it's the our protagonist is in this wildlife reserve for people essentially um and is being hunted for a good chunk of the story um and it's fascinating and and really a a master class in a gripping novella um it's a it's a really good book um but what I would want to do with adapting that is to figure out how do you make it feel like the PCs are being hunted. And I um, actually, I think one of the best mechanics for that comes from the, the first edition of The One Ring. Because The One Ring has this, the hunt mechanic that basically represents Sauron's gaze. And it, it Sauron's gaze and has it, it ties into the core mechanic because every time you roll an eye of Sauron on the feet die, it boosts the hunt score. And then eventually when there is a failure, it um, causes it to be extra bad. And so there's this sort of constant sense of the, uh, the oppressive weight of the enemy upon you. And I don't know exactly how to bring that into a more traditional game uh, or a game with more traditional mechanics. Um, but it works really well for the one ring. Um, it's a really, really cool mechanic. Um, so yeah, that's my ideas. Three, three stories to adapt Beowulf, the first part with the fight with Grindel, um, Christopher Logue's war music and the sound of his horn. That was Harlan Walker, live from Pelham's Wasteland, and he called in at the very last minute, and boy, he does not disappoint. What a great entry, or actually, number of entries, right? All wonderful ideas. Thank you very much for those calls, Harlan. I really appreciate it. Okay, now what you've all been waiting for, here is a dramatic reading from John Allen Large. Hey there, Jason. It's John here from the Red Dice Diaries. I know I sent you a message earlier on the audio dungeon talking about a submission I'd like to make, a second submission, in fact, for your competition about creating like a roleplay supplement or a game or whatever based on a book, poem, etc. And I would like to suggest the poem Kubla Khan by Samuel Taylor Coleridge, subtitled Or a Vision in a Dream a fragment and I'm hoping you'll see why when I read it out shortly it's not a massive poem but to me it really conjures the images of you know sort of weird fantasy worlds and such like that so without further ado here's my probably not great reading of the poem in Xanadu did Kublai Khan a stately pleasure dome decree where Alf the sacred river ran through caverns measureless to man down to a sunless sea so twice five miles of fertile ground with walls and towers were girdled around and there were gardens bright with sinuous rills where blossomed many an incense bearing tree and here were forests ancient as the hills enfolding sunny spots of greenery 
But oh, that deep romantic chasm which slanted down the green hill athwart a set own cover, a savage place as holy and enchanted as e'er beneath the waning moon was haunted by woman wailing for her demon lover. And from this chasm with ceaseless toil, turmoil ceasing, as if this earth in fast thick pants were breathing, a mighty fountain momently was forced, amid whose swift half-intermittent burst, huge fragments vaulted like rebounding hail, or chaffy grain beneath the thresher's flail. And mid these dancing rocks at once and ever, it flung up momently the sacred river. Five miles meandering with a mazy motion, through wood and dale the sacred river ran, then reaching the caverns measureless to man, and sank in tumult to a lifeless ocean. And mid this tumult Kubla heard from far ancestral voices prophesying war. The shadow of the dome of pleasure floated midway on the waves, where was heard the mingled measure from the fountain and the caves. It was a miracle of rare device, a sunny pleasure dome with caves of ice. A damsel with a dulcimer in a vision once I saw. It was an Abyssinian maid, and on her dulcimer she played, singing of Mount Abora. Could I revive within me her symphony and song? To such a deep delight t'would win me, that with music loud and long, I would build that dome in air, that sunny dome, those caves of ice, and all who heard should see them there, and all should cry, beware, beware, his flashing eyes, his floating hair. Weave a circle round him thrice, and close your eyes with holy dread, for he on honeydew hath fed, and drunk the milk of paradise. So, if you if you seriously can listen to that and not think of strange, sort of weird D&D fantasy worlds, then you're a better man than I am. But that's my second entry, Jason, for your competition, Kubla Khan by Samuel Taylor Coleridge. Take care, dude, and I'll catch you soon. Well, as you can tell, that was well worth the wait. That was all of our contest entries. I thank everyone so much for taking the time and effort to call in. It really makes my show better, and I'm very much in your debt. So without further ado, let's start up the random generator and get it to spit out the name of our winner. The winner is Pete Jones of Dragons Are Real Podcast. I did the random roll on the Audio Dungeon Discord. You can see that roll there. He just happened to roll. He was number five of 11 contestants. So, Pete, contact me with your DriveThruRPG email, and I will get you a gift certificate. Congratulations. Once again, I want to thank all the contestants. You're all winners in my book. I really appreciate you taking the time and effort to call in. And I'm sure all the listeners appreciate hearing your ideas. And hopefully this episode will generate some calls and some thoughts. And hopefully it'll generate some games. So that's all I have for this week. As always, the best way to reach me is just leave a voice message on the Anchor app where you can reach me on the Audio Dungeon. And so one by one we died alone. Some by hunger, some by steel And the bodies froze where they did fall Their souls unsanctified 